up, we thought food was only something that could be enjoyed. And really, there's nothing wrong with that. But here's the thing. So much of life happens in the kitchen. It's a place to gather, to laugh, to burn your meatloaf while the kids do their homework at the kitchen island. So if life is happening in the kitchen, that's where we want to be. It doesn't have to be so hard. We can be great dads and great cooks. This show is about us trying to figure it all out. I'm Chris. And I'm Phil. Welcome to Dad's Kitchen. Chris, I have a question for you. I am not entirely sure you're allowed to ask questions, Phil. Sorry. <laughs> you don't like them? Like, what, what were some of the questions that you disliked in the past? Uh, I have a list. Not with me, but I have a list. Like when I asked you to define every cooking term in Webster's Dictionary? That was probably one of them, yeah. You actually taught me a word, a relatively basic word the other day. What was it? I think it was saute. I no clue. Like the definition of saute, and I don't think I could actually define it. It was like so basic and so rudimentary that I just didn't know where to begin. How would you define saute, Chris? Well, Phil, we actually have a whole entire episode talking about different types of uh, cooking terms and what their actual meanings are. So I don't know if I, don't know if I want to spoil that episode. <laughs> you would just, or maybe this is just a place to plug it. Yeah, you would just refer to that episode. That's a good idea. I like that. Yeah. Footnote, or, episode number, I don't know. X, Y, Z. Or Chris, you could just Wikipedia the answer. And that just so happens to be a nice segue for us because I found myself doing some Wikipedia. You might say I was, man, I've been practice, practicing this all night. See if I can get this right. I was quickly clicking some Wikipedia links. Say that five times fast. Yeah. Have we talked about the, the Wikipedia search game? Oh, you know, I was thinking about this. Remind me, how does this go? I can't remember if we've actually talked about it on the show or not, but it's, uh, I don't remember the name of it exactly. Honestly, if you just Google Wikipedia search game, it's going to come up. It starts you out on a page and you have, I don't know if you have like a certain amount of time or if it just keeps track of how quickly you can get to a totally unrelated topic just by clicking links in Wikipedia. Well, I'm fairly certain I would win because I tend to do this every single night, unbeknownst to whatever game is out there. Yeah. I had some pasta the other night and I made some red sauce to go along with it. Homemade little red sauce, pretty tasty. And of course we had some red wine. And Chris, what do you get when you have red sauce and red wine? Heartburn. You get heartburn. That is exactly right. <laughs> I have discovered in my mid-30s that especially pizza, pizza and red wine. Oof. What about cold pizza? Oh, there is a restaurant in New York City that only sells cold pizza. It's the weirdest thing. And it's just like lying out the door. Like what? How? Like what? I mean, I mean, cold pizza is good if it's the right pizza. I, think. I don't know. I mean, I'm not saying I'm above cold pizza, but anyways, I digress. So you were clicking Wikipedia. Oh, that, that led to heartburn, right? So I had some heartburn and I ate a Tums or whatever the equivalent is that we have in our medicine cabinet. And then it got me thinking... Like, what exactly is it? How does it work? So, Chris, do you know how antacids work? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's some, like, basic chemistry, isn't it? Uh, yeah. Uh, oh, hey, hey, Phil. It's some basic chemistry. You see that? Actually, oh, you know what? It's actually not basic. It's neither basic nor acidic. It's a salt called calcium carbonate. Yes. But that was a nice stretch. It, 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 uh, there's some acidic neutralizations like a, a basic substance would do, isn't there? Yeah, yeah, more or less. No, you're right. And actually an antacid can look like a number of different things. And would you believe it? this actually isn't the main 
purpose of this episode, but I guess it's dual parts. We want to talk about antacids, but then we also want to talk about one more thing, but we can't get there yet because we haven't clicked enough Wikipedia links yet, Chris. So I'm clicking through, I'm looking up this little thing called calcium carbonate and which most often, you know, there's, there's, there's a few active ingredients that could be an antacid. That's kind of like the most common and most acceptable one. And what is calcium carbonate? But it's basically lime scale. And lime scale is created when calcium ions in hard water react with carbonate ions. And it's often found where hot water flows through pipes like kettles and boilers. And as I'm clicking through, I landed on this little thing called cleaning a coffee pot. What? Chris, when was the last time you cleaned your coffee pot? Every morning. Oh, we don't do the coffee pot thing. We're actually, we're back on a French press now. Oh, good for you. Still occasionally using an AeroPress. What about your Nespresso? Yeah, we use that every now and then. I, I don't. Is uh, are you kind of talking about descaling in the same way that you might? Oh, like a Keurig or something. A hundred percent. Yeah. So I wanted to talk to you about descaling tonight. And okay, I thought you were magic gonna, that goes behind that. Yeah. Yeah. I thought I thought you were like ultimately getting at like how to pick the best walker or maybe I don't know like hair dye for for when we get our hip replacements. Because apparently we're dealing with heartburn That's and right around the corner. We only talk about the weather. Maybe maybe we should start like a, a whole series on uh, the pros and cons of different types of coffins. Anyway, descaling coffee. Yeah, so descaling. So what is it? Tell me, tell me all the things, Chris. Oh, Phil. Obviously, it has something to do with uh, your calcium carbonate friend. More or less. Yeah. I mean, you've got you've got this thing called lime scale that tends to build up when it's interesting. You know. Like there's this idea that hard water is what is what causes lime scale. And maybe we should just take a step back and, and ask what, what hard water is, because there's kind of a common misnomer that some states have hard water and some states have soft water. But in all actuality, all water that comes from the tap in America is hard to a degree because it does have these these uh, sometimes the minerals, some minerals. Yeah, I was going to ask you what hard water is minerals, Phil. I, I, first of all, I don't know why you keep asking me questions, but yeah, yeah, minerals. And obviously, there's a, there's a, a scale there. We we have a spectrum of mineral content in our various taps, Phil. Sure, yeah. Some some states have more than others, uh, and really, it's it's not like a it's not like a state by state thing. It's just like a regional thing. Um, I kind of found this interesting that like Colorado. Is like right in the middle. You guys are pretty neutral over there out west. And it's maybe why Colorado is amazing. I'm not sure. South Carolina is actually pretty soft in comparison oh, to some other places. So we've got nice. some soft water. It's very sweet, Phil. So when does vinegar come into play? Vinegar acts as a descaler. It can. It's mm-hmm. not necessarily the most effective. Okay. Are you seeing that uh, tomato sauce and red wine is? So, you, so let me get this straight. Like you're just going to drink vinegar to handle your heartburn? No, no, no. The, to handle the descaling. Or or you can just use tomato sauce and red wine. I mean, are we talking pipes or arteries here? Yeah. Like some valves? Probably. So, okay. So descaling agents. Uh, you mentioned vinegar. That that can work. It's, it's really just an acidic compound that reacts with calcium carbonate. So lactic acid, right, can be a descaling agent. Um, hydrochloric acid, which is like the strongest possible <laughs> descaling agent you can have. That'll get through it probably. Okay. So what is better in terms of, you know, easily used household products, the citric acid or the vinegar? What would be your go-to, Phil? Okay. My go-to would be to Google descaling agent and just order some off Amazon because that's what I did the other day and it worked great. So like, why am I even bringing this up? We were, 
We okay. We we have a an we have an espresso machine, right? And we use it on the regular. We've we've talked about this on the show. It's one of our one of our go tos. We 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 like to make some some espresso drinks, and we kind of noticed over time that the heating element of it wasn't as effective, like the finished product. It just wasn't getting as hot as it was in the beginning. And then I started doing all these Wikipedia links and running down these rabbit trails and finding myself in Neverland. And then that prompted me to buy some descaling agent solution, whatever you want to call it, vinegar. Sure. Why not? And then we, we pumped that through the espresso machine and lo and behold, Chris, two things happened. One, it suddenly got hotter. And then two, it actually tasted better. It was like such a slow burn in like the deflavoring, if you will, of the coffee over time, like over, I would say like three or four month period that we didn't notice it until we cleaned it. Kind of, kind of like the, the proverbial frog. Like the proverbial frog. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, also, it's good to know that you're uh, not boiling anymore. Also, I'm not entirely sure that I can believe that story because you said that you are uh, apparently prone to rabbit trails and like falling down deep rabbit holes maybe i don't know and i don't believe it so you probably just made that whole thing up you can start calling me alice now maybe no i didn't make that story up it's true alice the frog we we ran a descaling agent through our coffee machine through our through our coffee pot and i think you should too it's so important to do it it needs to be done pretty regularly if you want good coffee because honestly lime skill doesn't taste that great and it's kind of icky you think about it it's just like it's like clogging up the valves in your in your pipes and well we don't need that chris because we all need to have more children i thought we're too old for that now i was kind of hoping for like a little chuckle but it's fine (laughs) we'll save that for our listeners the listeners will appreciate it you can put your own chuckle in have you ever considered why and maybe you haven't because you weren't the one clicking through the wikipedia links but it seemed like hot water was more common for lime scale to build up Versus cold water, like typically, you know, like I mentioned, you're going to find this in like kettles and boilers. And I just think it's rather interesting as to why. Have you ever thought about this? Okay. Uh, I have not. But if I were to think about it, Phil, I would think that minerals are more likely to dissolve in hot water. I don't know. And therefore you're potential mineral content could be higher in hot water but i've never really looked it up phil just yeah just seems like maybe the 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 mineral potential is greater in hot water you're close in the sense that africa is close to north america when you zoom out it's all relative a few million light years no it's it's actually it's actually that hot water evaporates off of a surface quicker than cold water and then it just leaves those minerals behind so it actually has nothing to do with the water itself reacting. It's just the minerals left behind after the water evaporates. Well, okay. So here's the thing. Both hot and cold water then in theory would like contain the same amount same amount of minerals. Correct. So if you just left them both sitting and gave them both adequate time to evaporate, you would be left with the same amount of lime scale. Right, but if, but if you just left the water sitting and never flushed it, is that what you're suggesting? Then your result would yeah. just be mold, right? I don't think water itself molds. Unless maybe you consider algae maybe we should mold. Wikipedia this. But it's, it's eventually going to evaporate either way. Yeah, no, it would. It would. We'll try it out. I have no idea. You know what we need, Chris? We need a case study to see like who has the hardest water. Not the hottest, but the hardest. The longest and the hardest. And the rock hardest. we'll just, uh, you know... We'll buy a cheap coffee pot online, 
and we'll never clean it and we'll see who has lime faster than anybody else because your your water is softer no your water is harder than ours but how do you, how do you control for number of pots made phil i mean we would just have to it, it'd be on the honor code okay okay that sounds like fun surely can't find anything better to do with our time i mean how many pots of coffee do you drink um, any given day phil okay so we've been we alternate between our french press and a latte or really any type of espresso drink we'll kind of mix it up with espresso type drinks but i'd say it's it's probably every other and our french press is probably the same size as your french press because they're all about the same size what is it do you think it's 32 ounces i was, I was gonna guess 32 is what that's a quart right uh it's getting close to a liter is it okay a liter is 34 okay i'll take your word for it maybe we should have actually have an episode on that someday metrics and why america didn't follow suit and anyways so one french press and ashley and i split it so if we're at 34 ounces of coffee then i'm drinking 17 each morning that's okay right ish fine ish <laughs> so judgy how much are you having if we are making a french press what do we do we honestly actually so ours might not necessarily be ours isn't a liter now that i think about it i think we put 850 milliliters of water in if we're doing a french press and yeah i'll, I'll have about half of that so it's four well yeah it's, it's usually probably about 400 milliliters of water of coffee for 400 milliliters which is obviously like four tenths of a liter you and your fractions and then if we're doing an aero press it's only like 250 mils of water it's a quarter liter of coffee i gotcha yeah aeros aeropress is really just the best thing ever I, I was on an aeropress kick for a good long while and then i found that i didn't have the most economical way of not not economical but i didn't have the most practical way of grinding the the beans because the espresso beans that we use in our espresso maker are different than the coffee beans that i would make an aeropress with and so uh instead of just like cleaning it out every time and putting in the beans it was just like kind of a big hassle i was like yeah we'll just do french press so that's where we are because i have a little i have a little hand crank for that like a burr grinder for which one for your french press for the french press yeah but you can't use that for your aeropress it's not allowed no your your coffee grounds for your aeropress aren't fine uh no actually we don't we don't grind it too too fine i mean you can if you want to do like a little bit of more of an espresso style i would say when i'm using the aeropress we're often on a coarser ish grind like a medium course interesting Meh. okay you're gonna have to take a video and share it with me and the world phil. because we need to know these okay. things but phil there are so many different aeropress recipes and that's what makes it great is just because it's so versatile you can do so many different things with it there are a lot of aeropress recipes out there and people are super super pedantic about them i mean like it's <laughs> they they get very intense with the exactitude of everything number of times you stir exact amount of coffee like exact like you're hitting exact measurements and timing and temperature that is all very interesting no i'm, I'm really curious i i do like the aeropress and i can't say i'm very well versed in it so here we go okay i do have one question for you chris and it's not so much a question it's for you but it's more of better a be the last one. for the entire metaverse out there do you have you heard that texas i'm bringing this home have you heard that Texas has the hardest water? Like, is that a thing? I honestly feel, I don't know. I, I can't say that I've really looked into hard water rankings in the States. <sighs> Maybe I'll do that if I can't sleep tonight. Well, it is a thing. 
Like people say that. Okay. Walk down the street, ask somebody who the heart, who has the hardest water in the state and they'll say Texas. It's common. I'm sure that I'll get that answer. And they're wrong. It's not the hardest. It's the hardest in places, but North Texas actually has the softest water in the entire U.S. So how about that, Chris? How about that? So what, what if you take an average of Texas? Yeah, it's like falls right in the middle. Does it? Texas is a big place. I don't know if you've ever been there. So it's pretty pretty, pretty equally split between the hardest and the softest? Sure. Yep, absolutely. So I would say Texas actually falls more in line with Colorado in terms of like good egg, bad egg, can't decide. Places like South Dakota, Minnesota, and Iowa, that's some hard water up there. Anyways, I just wanted to do like a, like I said, a maya culpa because I was always under the impression that Texas had hard water, that Texas had hard water and... Therefore, we should avoid it. But turns out minerals in your water <laughs> actually aren't that bad. Okay, now we're going to need some other reasons to avoid Texas. Oh.